We, um, I don't know if you've picked up on this or not, but in the month of January, since we're all together in one space and at one time to worship uh, with a variety of styles and voices and instruments, uh, that there's been a theme to even all of the preaching, and it has been about how we live this life of faith together. Individually, yes, but together we follow Jesus. India opened us on January 1st for those dedicated souls that were here on New Year's Day at 10 a.m. And read for us the passage in 1 Corinthians about how the body of Christ functions together. And then the next Sunday we celebrated the baptism of Jesus and we remembered our baptism together. And then last week... When Paul said, can I get a witness? We said, amen. Yes, Lord. We will be your witness in the world to get today together. And so we're going to turn our attention this morning to another story in the scriptures about what the followers of Jesus did together. Particularly the first ones. Specifically the first ones that Jesus called. Those first disciples. And we're going to pick up on the story in Matthew, right after Jesus had been baptized, out in the wilderness, tempted for 40 days, came back, and the one who baptized him, John the baptizer, had been arrested, and Jesus heads off to begin his ministry. And this is how it started, according to Matthew. So I'm going to read for us. Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. And when I finish it, I'll say this is the word of God for the people of God. And we all respond together, thanks be to God. Hear now God's word for us. Now when Jesus heard that John was arrested, he went to Galilee. He left Nazareth and settled in Capernaum, which lies alongside the sea in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what Isaiah the prophet said, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, alongside the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who lived in the dark have seen a great light, and a light has come upon those who lived in the region and in shadow of death. And from that time, Jesus began to announce, change your hearts and lives here comes the kingdom of heaven. And as Jesus walked alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea because they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed him. Continuing on, he saw another set of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, they were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, repairing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. He announced the good news of the kingdom and healed every disease and sickness among the people. This is the word of God. For the people of God, thanks be to God. 
So we find Jesus, after John's arrest, going off to Galilee, to the Sea of Capernaum, to the city of Capernaum, fulfilling the prophecy that had been said about the Savior, the Messiah, that this light would shine in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. And there it says he began to travel around and say to people, change your hearts and lives. Some translations of the Bible say repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near, has arrived, is at hand. What a wonderful reminder and refresher for those of us who call ourselves Christian about the nature of Jesus' ministry. One commentary that I read, I love the way that they put it. Jesus ushers in the kingdom of heaven. It's not untrue to say that Jesus came to die. And it's more true to the Gospels to say that Jesus came to live. And to show us how to live. And to call us to life. And we see him do it here for the first time to call some people to him. Particularly Andrew and Peter, James and John, four of the original 12 disciples or apostles. And it says Jesus is walking along the shore of the sea and he sees these fishermen. And he calls to them, hey, come, come with me. That raises so many questions for me. I don't know about you, but maybe this is just the way my weird mind works. But, um, but, but it's been affirmed because I read about it in a book. Uh, in, in my doctoral studies, we got assigned a book about comets. And, and it, it is a book explaining the art and science of writing comets. It's a fascinating book. I'm happy to loan it to you sometime. But one of the things that the author explains in this book about comics is the power of the white space in between the frames that invites you as the reader to engage your imagination, to fill in the space with maybe what is happening that isn't drawn or written or said. And so I wonder in this story, about the stuff that's going on that we don't read about. So he calls Andrew and Peter and James and John and says, come, follow me. And immediately they put down their nets. They leave their work, their vocation, their livelihood. They leave their tools. They leave their family. And they follow him immediately. And, and, and I couldn't help but wonder, I'm sort of filling in the white space here. Are they the only people that he called as he walked along the shore? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he called Steve and Amanda and they were like, meh. I'm into this over here, or I'm busy. I, you know, I, I know. I mean, we do see a story about where Jesus encounters a rich young ruler and explains to him what it means to follow Jesus, explains to him what it means to live out the kingdom of God, and it says the ruler turns and walks away. Now, we're not told if he changes his life or if he just goes away and goes back to live in the same way he was living before. I don't know. I'm fascinated with this story. And that he called fishermen. If you know anything about the day and the age and the culture that this is written, there is no reason that a religious leader or teacher would call fishermen. 
to be a part of his class, his school, his movement, his way. Why the fishermen? I, I wonder this. And so we can speculate, right? I mean, I, fishermen of that day would have been tough. Uh, resilient. I mean, these aren't the, they're not fishing the way we fish, right? This is not a rod and reel kind of endeavor sitting in a folding chair on the bank with a cold beverage, right? I mean, these, they fished for a living. This was their vocation with heavy nets and big boats. And, but even still, as a fisherman, you got to be patient. I don't know. There's something that's not written, not explained. It's in the white space in here about why Jesus called these people. He saw something in them. I have to believe. He called them while they were fishing. Here's a thought. What were you doing when Jesus called you? What were you up to? What were you spending your time on? Your talents? What were you busy with? What were you interested in? When he called you. What were you doing? What are you doing now? You might just hear him calling you now. We just have to believe in, the, in this story that he saw something in them. And I believe every bit as much that he sees something in you. In you. In you. He sees something in you. In us. And so what does he say to them? Follow me. I mentioned that book that we were assigned in my, in my doctoral studies. Lynn Sweet is the pastor, author, preacher who uh, was our lead mentor for that program. And I remember one of our sessions, he talked about this particular passage with us in our cohort and the fact that Jesus called his first disciples and in fact calls us all to follow him. We were called to be followers, not leaders, Lynn pointed out. And, and he made the observation that he's one of the most harmful things that has happened in the church and in Christianity and maybe in our world and in our culture is that we have lifted up this notion of leadership. And we're training up people to be leaders. When in fact, Jesus called us to follow, to be followers of his. We've been called first and foremost from the beginning, from the roots, to follow worship.
And I don't know if you're in school right now, particularly you get up into middle and high school, and if you got kids that have done that recently, or maybe you remember it from your days. Even in school, it, we're, we're training kids to lead, to be leaders. And yet Jesus calls us to follow him. In fact, I've even seen in, in the secular world, in, in uh, business journals and writing in the last 10 so years, uh, a real uptick in research and writing about follow worship, about the importance of that in an organization of any kind or size, that we, we've so lifted up and highlighted leadership that we forgot that what, what an organization truly is made up of, whether it's a, a, a school, a church, a business, is made up of all of the people in the organization, not just the leaders. And we somehow lost sight and lost value of what it means to follow and gosh, for those of us who have heeded the call of Jesus, that is our call, to follow him. He said, follow me. He didn't say, get saved. Hold on now. He, he didn't say, join a church. He didn't say, build a building. He didn't say, be successful. He didn't say, lead for me. He just said, follow me. And so they did. They laid down their nets, left their families, and followed him. That sounds like a big audacious goal if we want to go back to that from a couple of weeks ago that that idea that we would put it all down to follow Jesus hey and as somebody who works vocationally in a church and I'm not just speaking for myself and pastors but for all the folks who do this for a living to some extent like there's something to be said for heeding that call to give your life to serve Jesus in the church to follow him with your vocation. I have no doubt that there's somebody in this room or in this congregation who has some sense of that. That God may be calling you to serve the church. To make that your vocation. To follow him in that way. If that's you, I've been there. I didn't always do this. If you want to have a conversation about that, ask questions or bounce things off of somebody who's been there, I'm here for you. But he told him, follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. And again, I, I don't know that there are many vocational fishers in here particularly of the commercial kind. So I, I don't know that maybe that lands for all of us just as well, what that would mean. But don't you hear in that he's telling them that that you have, that that you are, that that you do? If you'll follow me, I'll show you where that belongs in the kingdom of heaven. 
I'll show you where that belongs in the work of God in the world. So if he told them, uh, James and John and Peter and Andrew, follow me, I'll make you fishers of people, what would he say to you? Follow me and I'll make you... What would he say to you? Let's get a little closer. What is he saying to you? Follow me, and I'll show you. I'll show you that of who you are, of how you were made, of what interests you, of where your aptitude is, where your abilities are. That that makes you you. I'll show you where that fits in the work of God's kingdom in the world. Is Jesus saying to you when he says to you, follow me? Follow me and I'll show you. I, I gave Bill a little bit of a heads up that I was going to tell this story that he told me. So Bill Calloway, best organist in the world. We can all agree, right? That's, that's sorry. I was like, I was, that is not what I was trying to do here, Bill. I'm sorry. But... If you haven't heard Bill's story about how he got into playing the organ, it's, it's a beautiful story. When he was young, in his home church, he said he would watch the organist play. And then she saw him watching, and she invited you to come sit on the bench next to her while she played. And then started to show you how to play and teach you. Aren't we thankful that somebody saw something in Bill and basically said to him, follow me, come, come here, I'm right here. And this is what Jesus did with the disciples. If you read the whole story, he calls the disciples and he says, follow me. And then in they, when they follow him, as it says, he went around into the villages and the synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among them, he took these followers, these disciples with him. And he said, watch me. And he did it. And they saw him do it. And then he said, come here and do it with me. I'm giving you the ability. I'm giving you the gift of the Spirit of God to do this too with me. Come alongside and do it with me. And then Jesus stepped back. And he told them, now you go do it. And by the gift of the power of his death and resurrection, we are set free to receive that call and to live it out to its fullest. Bill, I thank God that somebody called you, saw it in you, called you, showed you how, and then turned you loose on us to bless us. And that is exactly what Jesus did with Peter and Andrew, James and John, the rest of the disciples, not all of whom were fishermen. He went to them right where they were, and he saw them where they were. He said, come with me. Let me show you something. And they did, and he did, and it changed the world. And the world is not through being changed. God is calling you. 
come with me. I see you. I see who you are, what you've got, what you're working with, good, bad, and otherwise. I see just how you were made. Come with me. And when they did that together, I mean, Jesus took 12 of them and changed the world. There's not a lot of us in here, but there's more than 12. And I know some of you are thinking, I wish there were more of us in here. You're not the only one. I've heard it from you. I'm with you. We hear the statistics about the decline of the church and people doing other things other than calling themselves Christian or following Jesus. And we want to grow the church and we want to figure out how do we do that and, and get more people in here. And how do we, we start getting into that leadership thing. All right, what kind, of, what kind of program can I organize? Or what, you know, what kind of steps can we put in place? Or if we just, you know, what are you going to do to fix this? Jesus didn't call us to do any of that. He just said, follow me. Sisters and brothers, if you just follow Jesus, God will grow the church. If you will give your life to follow him, and wow, if we're doing that together, the evidence is God will change the world and will certainly grow the church as God will call people unto himself through you. He just said, follow me. Just follow me. And we've got the evidence of what it looks like to follow him. In the gift of the scriptures. In the evidence and the testimony of the church. The witnesses of the people who've gone before us. The, the, we don't examine Jesus just to know about him. We listen to him. And we follow him. In that day, to follow a teacher, to follow a rabbi, somebody who, who was going to show you the ways of God and the ways of faith, literally meant to follow them, to go where they went. And there's, you know, I've, I've heard this sort of teaching that, um, that when you followed a rabbi down those dirty, dusty roads, right, that as they walked, have you heard this, that the dust of their sandals would get on you. The idea being, right, not just literally, physically tangible as you walked and followed them, but the idea being that as you followed them, as you spent time with them, as you went where they went and did what they did, the dust of their sandals would cover you, would get all over you. You should be covered with the ways of the teacher, of the rabbi. As we follow Jesus, we just covered with who he is and how he loves and who he came to be in the world and in us. And as we follow him and follow him together, lo and behold, you have a church. You have a people who love Jesus and want to follow him just like you do. And he calls us to do that together. My prayer for you, for all of us, for us together, is that we would follow Jesus, that his dust would get all over us, that we would be picking up what he's putting down, and that we would experience what they experienced, that with Jesus, they saw him. Proclaim the good news of the kingdom and bring healing 
before we sing our last hymn, I want to ask you if you would make that a prayer with me for yourself, for us as a church. That we would hear the call of Jesus to follow him. God, we give thanks for the stories of our faith that are contained in the scriptures. And how much life there is in you, in them, for us even today. As we focused in on this story of your son, our savior, Jesus, calling people to follow him. We see the blessing. We see the windows of heaven opening. And we hear for ourselves this call. Oh God, it is our prayer together this morning that we would hear your call to follow Jesus. To make his way our way. And that as we do, and as we do it together, that we would experience your kingdom coming now in and among us. And it is in his name that we make this our prayer, in the name of Jesus. Amen.